Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hay Wiley, associate producer Armani Buckets. Guys, I talked about it yesterday, and I'm not belaboring the point here, but I really do believe while Paul George is out with the Clippers, this is going to be tough sledding for them. But Armani, I was thinking about it while I was watching this play out, and then you go to the NBA standings to see, you know, you know, where does this loss put the Clippers? The Western Conference is so terrible this year that a team that is 500, like right now currently the Clippers are back to a 500 team, they are not only like in the playoff hunt, they're the number five seed. They are in that 4-5 matchup at 17-17, and 17, and it doesn't look like this is going to break at some point. I mean, it does look like there's a top four, uh, you know, the top four teams in the West are going to be pretty much set where you got the Warriors and the Suns as the top two teams, clearly number three with the Utah Jazz, who are, by the way, only three games out of the top spot. So, you know, again, people kind of want to save the the Suns and the Warriors, and then there's a big gap. You know, if you, if you just look at wins and losses this year, there's not a huge gap. But anyways, you got the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz. And I think the Grizzlies are now in a place where, you know, they are very clearly in the number four seed. Then there's a gap, and there's a massive gap where you got four good teams that are 600 or above. And then you got the 500 Clippers. And then you got the 500 Denver Nuggets. And then the below 500 Mavericks, Wolves, Spurs, Lakers. And we touched on this, guys, that 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 from the Lakers to the Blazers who are out of the playoffs, out of the play-in, you know, you're only talking about, you know, two, two games or two and a half games. So – Armani, I think I'm going to have to come around to your uh, thinking here where I I don't think the Clippers are a very good team, not going out on a big limb there with with Paul George out for a month. But if we're talking about the number five seed in the Western Conference being a 500 team, not only are the Clippers in the mix, I think the Lakers are too. And I know 538 and basketball reference and all these projection sites have the Lakers finishing below 500 and not making the playoffs. If the Lakers can finish at 500, they have a chance to be not only in the playoffs, but they may not even have to be in that play-in game. They could be in that 4-5 slot. It's it's incredible, isn't it? Because this is how we would view the Eastern Conference for at least my whole life. I mean, I'm 27 years old. This is how I viewed the East my whole life. So to see the West like this in the one year where the Lakers um, are not playing up to par, and then all of a sudden now they might back into a five seed emphasis on the words back into it, because right now, like you said, Arash, there is nobody that I can definitively say will pull away from the pack. I thought it would be Denver, but then you see Denver play the Clippers the other night. And granted, Denver is very, very COVID maligned and injured and all that. But this is just, it's a mess. And the thing is, when you look at the upcoming schedules, I'm looking at the Clippers right now. 
at Boston, at Toronto, at Brooklyn, and then they go Minnesota, at Phoenix, home Memphis, home Atlanta, home Denver. Without Paul George, that could be 0-8. I mean, individually, I don't think there's a game that they're going to be favored in in those eight. With that being said, the Clippers, they're going to get by with scrappiness and toughness, and obviously there's going to be COVID protocols in those eight games, so who knows what's going to happen, but it's not looking great for anybody. Yeah, I mean, Armand, I just, I, I want to just add to that. Like you mentioned COVID. I mean, what if these guys end up, you know, Clippers or Lakers, what if they end up being in COVID protocol and then it's going to push them back even more? Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we might be, we might be looking at them backing into a playing spot or like the Lakers to your point, Arash, but we might be looking at, you know, even the Clippers not keeping that fifth seed, right, and getting backed into a corner and going into a playing spot as well because we don't know what's going to happen with COVID because this is still the season for people to be getting that, whether it's the Delta variant or whether it's going to be the Omicron variant for these guys to get it, um, whether they're healthy or not. Um, I, I will say at least they pushed back how much you have to isolate now. I think the CDC says that you only have to isolate for five days now. Um, they shortened it. So, um, but then again, the NBA is a juggernaut of a business. So maybe their protocol is going to be different. But yeah, these guys might get backed into a corner because of COVID and, and on top of it, injuries as well, because they still have an injured roster at the same time. So, I, I mean, I, I don't see if they get into the playoffs, uh, uh, they will, they will get into the playoffs. I don't think that that's going to be a question. I just think that how far they go is going to be up to up to fate which normally i wouldn't be saying that i'd normally be saying it's up to how they play right and how well they come together as a team but with all all the factors that are being laid out here you just don't know right yeah and not that this is a good thing but it does seem like a majority of the lakers at this point have either been in protocol like like the lebron protocol thing was a very unique case where he tested positive was in protocol but then tested negative at least twice or more. And, and I do think we are going into a position now where if you're fully vaccinated and you don't have symptoms or if you test positive and then test negative, you you may not be in protocols for that long. So, uh, you know, the good thing for them on that front, um, again, a lot of their players have been in health and safety protocols. They've made it out of it. I don't know what this variant, if you get it once, are you susceptible? Could you test positive again? Could you? So I, I don't know how all that works, but we do seem to be going in a position in professional sports, at least, where they are going to try to get these uh, players back on the court, on the field as quickly as possible. Just going back real quickly to the 538 projections, and I'll go through this real fast just because I, I do think it's fascinating, and I don't know why the Lakers are so like out of it in their view. Again, this is not the opinion of a person. This is like a projections chart. So there must be a rhyme and reason to it, but they got the jazz finishing um, number one at 58 and 24, the Suns at number two at 58 and 24, the warriors right there in the mix at 56 and 26. So as we mentioned before, no one's really given the jazz much of a chance, but they're right in the thick of it. They're only two and a half or three, three games back of the number one seed in the West. So once again, Suns, Warriors, Jazz. I think the Grizzlies are very clearly right now, in my view, the number four seed. They have them finishing at 47 and 35. And again, guys, 47 wins 
now in this new Western Conference gets you the number four seed and home court advantage in the first round. They got the Denver Nuggets finishing number five at 46 and 36. The Mavs, 44 wins. Wolves at 40. And then they got the Clippers at 39 wins. So they're below 500. They still got them making the playoffs a 56% chance. But again, you go all the way down to the Lakers still projected at 35 and 47, 19% chance to make the playoffs. I I don't really agree with that. You know, and again, I'm not saying that the, that this team is going to do anything, but I do think when you have a team in a conference this bad that LeBron James and you get Anthony Davis back and, and I, I think there's enough talent there to make the playoffs. So again, going off their projection, I mean, they have them finishing below the trailblazers and the Spurs. So I, I don't agree with that, but we'll see how they finish out. But, but to your guys' point, the West is a train wreck. It is. An I mean, absolute I, I, dumpster can't, fire. I can't agree with that Warriors stat right there. I mean, the way that they're playing and the way that they're probably going to be playing, and they haven't even gotten Clay back. I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Like, I, and I get it. I get numbers or numbers. And, but this is also why Moneyball doesn't work, in my personal opinion, right? Because you're probably looking, they're probably looking at uh, projections and they're looking at how the numbers are stacking up at, in their favor right now. And that doesn't mean that in the future, they're not going to ball like, and this sounds so horrible that I'm even saying this, that the Warriors aren't going to ball out. They're balling out now. So, uh, I mean, I think that I still have the Warriors winning winning the West. I think that's ridiculous. That's like, the, I don't know. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life, that the Warriors are going to finish third. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess what they're what they're saying is they're, they're the the top of the West is actually a three team race where I think the majority of the people view it as the Warriors one, Suns two, and then there's a slight gap. They really think that the Jazz are right there with the Suns and the Warriors. Um, but I agree with you again. I mean, they have them basically all finishing at fifty eight and twenty four. So I don't know whether they're going off tiebreakers or whatnot there. But it is amazing uh, when you look at their projections in terms of you know the p- potential chance and this this actually makes sense but but to make the finals and to win a championship the lakers currently at 0.5 percent and to win a championship at 0.1 percent so it's basically zero percent chance at this point but again the the kind of headline here or the big takeaway here is that even for them to make the playoffs they got them at 19 percent again so there's a gap there between teams like the Trailblazers and the Spurs, amazingly to me, they have them, um, you know, at around 38% to make the playoffs. Again, the Lakers, 19% right now chance to make the playoffs. And I really do believe if that were to happen, if the Lakers were to finish below 500 and not even make the playoffs, it would be the most disappointing season in Lakers franchise history because it, 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 it the fan base is such where if you just miss out on winning a championship, it's a, it's a disappointment. I mean, I've always been shocked and amazed that when people view that Carl Malone GP team, they say, what a disaster that was. What a disappointment. They brought these guys together and look what they did. And it's like, yeah, look what they did. They won the Pacific Division. They won the Western Conference. They go to the NBA Finals. That NBA Finals was a 1-1 series before Carl Malone goes down. And listen, I think at the end of the day, years gone by, we look back at that Pistons team, despite the fact no one gave them a chance. You look at uh, who they had on that team? We, we, you go, you talk about Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace and Ben, ben Wallace and Tayshawn Prince. And the fact of the matter is that 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 team goes back to the finals the, the next year could have and maybe should have beating the uh, Spurs. 
They go to seven straight conference finals during that run. I mean, the, that Pistons team was one of the best teams um, in league history. And so I'm always amazed at how that Malone GP team, again, they broke that team up. That again, that they they were together for only one year. But you talk about a, a colossal disappointment that 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 team made it all the way to the NBA Finals, and I still contend to to this day if they were healthy, it, like if they don't win, the Pistons would have had to come back to Staples Center to close out that series, and maybe they could have, and maybe not. But um, but a rush that that's typical yeah. typical Laker fans right there. We didn't win a yeah. championship, so that what a waste of a season. I mean, typical Laker. Fans. Well, you know, because the issue is they they compare that to the Dwight Howard Steve Nash team, and I'm like, well, that that team was a true disaster because they barely made it into the playoffs and got swept out of the first round. That's a disappointment. I get that, but you know, comparing that to the Malone GP team, but this would be next level, right? This would be next level where you begin the season with championship hopes. You got Westbrook, you got Anthony Davis, you got LeBron James, you got Carmelo, you got Dwight Howard, you got all these future Hall of Famers. And for them to finish below 500 and for them to not even make the playoffs, that would be the ultimate disaster and here's why, because I think a lot of people want to talk about, well, listen, they, they, they haven't been healthy, and well, let's see how they look. My contention is no one is doing well right now. Like, you look at that Christmas Day game, and you want to say, well, listen, the Lakers didn't have X, Y, and Z. The Brooklyn Nets didn't have Kevin Durant. They didn't have Kyrie. They had 10 players in health and safety. And with that said, the Lakers were still down by 20 points at home in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I'm really tired of fans out there talking about, um, you know, when this team finally gets healthy. No one's healthy right now. No one's doing well right now. And by the way, through 30-plus games, no one has had an easier schedule than this team. When you talk about the number of times that they played the Thunder, Houston, who they played tonight, you know, it, they, 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 they have not had a hard schedule. And I think maybe that's why the projection, when you look at the way that they're going to close out the season, now the schedule gets hard. You know, I think now is when that they're going to play the Warriors and the Suns and all these contending teams and – and it's not going to be pretty. I got to be honest with you. I mean, if, if they're getting blown out by bad teams, below 500 teams, I mean, how, how are they going to look when they go up against contenders? Hey, Buckets, what, like, do you, can they turn it around, though? I think there's this feeling that, okay, at some point the light bulb will uh, switch on and they're going to figure out, listen, they're, they're not going to win a championship, but they're going to win enough games. They're going to be a 500 team or above. They're going to get into the playoffs. You know, can they do that still? I think that the reasonable assumption is that they can hover in the mix with Denver, Dallas, and the Clippers and whoever else is in that mix, Minnesota. That might not even be a reasonable assumption because the Lakers are just a mystery. Every night that they step on the court, they're an absolute mystery. But, you know, before all this stuff happened, they did go into Dallas. Now, I don't even, I don't think Luca was playing that game. I can't even remember. It feels like an eternity ago, but you know, Austin Reeves hit that shot. And so they're in that category, like of being a mid tier team, at least on paper, it seems like. Now, I think all of this changes if Anthony Davis plays like Anthony Davis. I think yeah. that at some point in time in this season, I think he's going to get so angry reading all of the negative press and the negative media, which has been rightfully deserved. And I think he's going to flip a switch. Now, is that switch going to be big enough to boost the Lakers up to fifth permanently? I have no idea.
But I do think that we're going to see at some point Anthony Davis look like himself. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. And until it does, they're going to keep sliding. So, And of course, he's not even going to be healthy for the next month. So that's the other caveat in all of this. So to answer your question, I, I just I don't know what to make of, of this Laker team going forward. But, you know, it, it, unless LeBron can be Superman for the next next month, which I wouldn't put anything past him, it's going to get uglier and uglier. And here's the amazing thing about it, though, you know, because, again, I don't think obviously they match up well, the, not going out on a limb with the Warriors or the Suns. But let's just say they are the fifth or sixth seed and they match up with the Grizzlies or Utah Jazz. As good as those teams have been this year, if the Lakers get healthy, they get Anthony Davis back, Russell starts to play more within the system to whatever extent that looks like. LeBron James is LeBron James. Carmelo continues to be kind of that six-man. Dwight Howard is doing what he does. I mean, this team, here's, here's the thing. We'll see if they even make the playoffs. This team was built for the playoffs. These guys we know during the course of a season, this team was never built to be the number one seed. This team wasn't built to win 60-plus games. These guys are at the point in their careers where they are just focused on the playoffs. And, again, you have to get to the playoffs. But if this team gets to the playoffs and the Western Conference continues to be so bad that, they, that they're the fifth or sixth seed and they play either the Jazz or the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round – I think that's a winnable series. Again, not on paper right now, but I think, you know, you get to a, a seven-game series. Forget everything that's happened in the past. They're a healthy team. I like them to, you know, be in contention for that. And by the way, I like them last year to beat the Suns in the first round, and they had a 2-1 series lead before D -D Davis goes down. And so, you know, as much as I'm done with the Lakers in terms of thinking about them as a – as a championship team, they are in a position just because the conference is so bad and LeBron is still playing like one of the top five players in the league. I think they, they, they can still be, <laughs> you know, not that this is a, a great mark. I still think that they could be around 500, make the playoffs as a fifth or sixth seed and be in a very winnable first round uh, position. Uh, again, they're not going to be favored, but it's not like when, when I think of contending teams, right, I, I don't think of the Grizzlies and I don't think of the uh, the Jazz because, again, we've seen what the Jazz can do. We've seen the Jazz in the playoffs. Good regular season team. They'll be a top three or four seed. They're not going to win a championship. Yeah, I think that you know? when, it, when it comes to Utah, it really has been such a struggle for them to just get over that hump that I, I completely see where you're coming from, Arash. I, I could totally see the Lakers – pushing them to the brink and mentally really getting in their heads in a playoff series. And same thing with the Grizzlies. That's the thing about these young teams. They, they, they don't have the experience that the Lakers do. Now, on the flip side of that, they also don't have the playoff failures of a guy like yeah. Russell Westbrook. So it's like what <laughs> the Lakers are just you don't know which version of them is going to show up night to night in the regular season. And then you can carry that over and multiply that by five in a playoff series, which is why I think if you're a casual NBA fan, you should be rooting for them to make it because they're exciting. If nothing else, they bring drama. 100%. Listen, if you're a casual fan, even a just a casual sports fan, right? I mean, like you want the Lakers in the playoffs. You want LeBron James, 
Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Like you want those big names and the league does as well. I mean, like this is a, a team that even if they flame out in the playoffs, you want to watch that play out. You don't want to see them not make it to the postseason, not make it to the playoffs. Again, we've talked a lot about the Clippers. You know, one of the reasons they're in the position that they are in right now is they don't have Paul George. And last night against the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden, once again, looking like James Harden, but a blowout loss to Brooklyn, who comes into Los Angeles, beats the Lakers, beats the Clippers at their first two games at Crypto.com Arena, 124-108. to Um but let's leave it there for now. When when we come back, I, I want you guys to hear from the Clippers following that loss to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we have post-game sound from the press conferences for Clippers uh, head coach Ty Lue, um, Herrick Bledsoe, Luke Kennard. Again, tough loss for the Clippers. It was a blowout, uh, and, and this could be the beginning of a tough stretch for them. All right, let's uh, – Leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Clippers. When we come back right here on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5, the band in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We talked about it in the first segment. The Clippers are losing to the Brooklyn Nets last night, but the Western Conference is so bad, they're still in the number five seed. Uh, do want you guys to hear now from Clippers head coach Ty Lue. We got... Derek Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, again, tough loss for the Clippers, but the Western Conference is such a train wreck that this team could be 500 and they could be the number five seed. So now let's now hear from Ty Lue and Eric Bledsoe and Luke Kennard. I mentioned the, the defensive principles and whatnot pregame. I'm just curious with a guy like Harden, you're sort of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't choice with how you attack him, what went into wanting to apply pressure to him around their perimeter and sort of Living with what the other guys could get. Say it again. With Harden, what you kind of damned if you do if you pressure him or leave him alone. Why do you guys feel like you wanted to attack him with doubles beyond the perimeter? This felt like doing it. I mean, it was our game plan coming into it. So um, everything we did, he picked us apart. So we blitzed him. We switched and guarded him regularly. We switched to fire. We zoned him. <laughs> and uh, we picked us apart. Everything we did, they had an answer for it. So, I mean, you know, they played well. What do you just overall, considering he'd only been on the court a couple days of work? Hey, hey. Considering he'd only been on the court for a couple days, what do you think of Marcus in his return? I, I thought it was great starting. He got a little tired. And in the third quarter, he had another, you know, great burst of energy, um, you know, scoring 24 points in 27 minutes, you know, so it was good. You know, we had him offensively, but you can see he got tired, especially in that first half. I played him too many minutes in that first half. Can you talk about the play of the young players in the fourth quarter, how they got you guys back in the game? Um, just that energy, you know, coming off the back to back yesterday. Um, our young guys, like I said, I knew it was going to be, you know, play hard and scrap and compete. Um, they got to make some mistakes and, um, but just seeing those guys get out there and play the way they did, you know, I was just happy to see that. 
but like I said, you know, um, hard and seeing every defense in the league that you could possibly see. And um, he just, he picked us apart tonight. Before the game, Steve Nash was saying that um, young guys like that could be dangerous um, because especially if they get some belief behind them. I mean, is that fourth quarter sort of an example of that? Um, yeah, I mean, the the game was out of reach by there. You know, you make a you know, 12 old run or 14 old run, you're still down 10, you know, so, but, you know, like I said, you come in and play hard and play with that kind of effort and fly around, um, you know, you can get stuff done. And we saw that in a Sacramento game. And, um, so, you know, they had the opportunity that they're making the most of it. Um, just right now, just offensively, we don't have a lot of organization, you know, especially not having a, a true backup point guard. And, um, so, you know, these guys just playing and learning on the fly a little bit. What's um, obviously Harden seen everything, but for you know Keon has never seen Harden before. <laughs> what's what's a, what is it like for these guys to kind of go up against somebody like that for the first time, and how I mean, beneficial is it to kind of like get that out of the way? I mean, it's probably somebody to look up to. You know, these young guys and looking up to. You know, seeing you know James play. You know, all these years and um, be able to play against them and compete against them. You know. Um, you know, it's, it's, real, it's extremely fun. You know, I've been in that situation before myself and just a young guy, just, you know, finally get a chance to get on the floor with somebody you look up to and, you know, sometimes idolize. And, um, you know, they're just enjoying the moment. Like I said, they're taking advantage of it. You know, they're playing well. And, um, you know, I just got to try to keep putting these guys in a position where um, we can have some kind of organization, you know, because it is hard without a, a point guard for that second unit right now. And so, but, you know, outside of that, they're doing a good job. How much of it is kind of like a, a trial by fire, um, not just for the, the players on the court, but for the coaching staff trying to figure out, you know, what, what rotations kind of work best with one another out there? <laughs> um, yeah, just give me a three or four game sample and I'll be able to figure something out. I just okay. need to see it. I need to see it. And then um, when I see it for a few games, I'll be able to figure something out, rotations or how we want to play. Um and, um, you know, right now, like I said, without having, you know, a backup point guard, you know, I don't want to run blade into the ground too much. You know, thought he played a lot in the first half as well. So, um, you know, we just got to, you know, find ways to, you know, sell that unit down, that second unit down and just, you know, make them comfortable and kind of play through guys and um, put Serge in a tough spot as well because, you know, he don't have a guy who can make a play for him where, you know, that second unit, Isaiah was good for that second unit because he can make plays for guys. So um, we're struggling with that right now. So we just got to figure that part out because, you know, with, when um, with Reggie out, when we had PG, PG held on the basketball. But now, with, you know, both of those guys out, you know, it makes it a little tougher. Eric's looked pretty good as a lead guard, kind of just um, running things out there. Um, it hasn't always been super super seamless out there when him, he and Reggie are. Say it again. It hasn't always been super seamless, like when he oh. and Reggie are out there. How do you kind of, you know, when Reggie's able to come back, maybe incorporate them both together based off what you've seen from Eric the last couple of games? Well, I think, you know, um, Eric's strength is just because he has his own unit, he has the ball in his hands. And, you know, when he was starting, you know, he said he did a good job, but I just thought offensively he was never in a, in a, in a true flow of the game because, you know, he starts the point guard, but you don't have the ball in your hands. So, um, with him coming off the bench and having his own unit, having the ball in his hands, he was good. And then when Reggie went out, you know, starting the game, having his own unit, starting the game with the ball in his hands, um, has been good for him as well. So you kind of find that flow and that rhythm, you know, as a point guard by having the basketball in your hands. Hey, Ty, that second quarter, it seemed like Brooklyn really upped their physicality. Their, their switch and made everything difficult, injury passes, movement of any kind. 
how do you combat uh, the way they play defense? So, like, what can you do to generate more movement on and off the ball? Uh, I got to figure it out. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I'm saying with no point guard, it's just, you know, it's tough because you can't call a play. So we just, I just got to come up with just a couple sets that they can just kind of run outside of delay the whole game and um, just, you know, make them comfortable. But like we said, we haven't figured that part of it out yet. You know, when teams switch with that second unit, it's going to be tough. I guess to that point, with the back of point guard or a point guard, <coughs> Reggie, is there an expectation he'll be at all? able to join you guys for that Boston part of the trip, or is that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, something about his testing, but if it don't go well tonight, then I doubt it. So, um, yeah, he might miss the next three games. So we'll see how his test results come back today. Um, playing my game, having the ball in my hands a lot more than usual. You know, a lot of guys out and defensively just, you know, doing what I do. You guys out, no. YPG, um, Marcus came back today, but Reggie, uh, how does that, I guess, how does your role change, if at all, given um, what you're asked to do out there with so many guys out? Uh, it definitely changed, you know, because, you know, I got to do a little bit more than I, you know, usually do, you know, coming off the bench, uh, you know, especially like you said, with those guys out, um, got to try to score a little bit more, you know, find some scoring and, you know, get my teammates involved and, you know, just, you know, continue to play my game and play the right way. Sport for you? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, Reds with average of 18, PG like 20 something, 25. So uh, we got to find ways to, you know, pick up that scoring you know, so we can, you know, try to win these games. Um, how nice is it to have Marcus back? I feel real good. You know, another, like you said, another score, you know, another score that come in to help, um, you know, create mismatches. And, you know, he's just real big. He's real big for us right now. And, and I guess, what, what do you make of the young guys? Obviously, um, uh, I mean, they've got a lot to learn, but they've got a lot of spunk, a lot of energy. Um, and like Steve Nash was saying before the game, those kind of guys can be dangerous. But definitely, <laughs> definitely. Because uh, you uh, tend to relax because, you know, the main players aren't playing. But, you know, when you do have, you know, up and coming, you know, young guys like, you know, we have talented and, you know, want to win and want to be on the floor. They're going to play extremely hard and play the right way too. you know, get, get some minutes. Eric, I, I know the minutes were limited tonight, uh, but when you look at Terrence, you look at Luke uh, and the way those guys do score. Uh, how do you feel like they can get more more involved in offense and, and, and just be more aggressive, uh, especially with guys out right now? Uh, that's pretty much, you know, uh, you know, I got to help him out while I'm out there, you know, put him in positions to, you know, uh, score the ball, you know, looks a heck of a shooter and teams playing him a lot different, you know, the normal players. So, you know, you just got to try to, you know, find ways to, you know, put him uh, in good situations to come off down screens or hit him while he's wide open, try to give him a rhythm, you know, out there, you know, he just got back. Just to follow, just to follow, just uh, the way the Nets switch, the, how physical they are. Obviously, you're going to see that defense again later this week. Boston gave you all some challenges with how aggressive they were. Uh, is there a way that the team can just be better uh, taking advantage of when a team is just very physical and, and making everything difficult because uh, of their aggression? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, we just got to, like you say, we just got to find ways. It ain't always going to be perfect. It ain't 
and it, it ain't always gonna look good. Uh, but at the end of the day, we gotta, you know, we basketball players, we play this game for a long time. So, um, we just gotta, you know, you know, break, break through it, uh, and, you know, play, play our game. Eric, you've been with Luke on the bench unit, and now you're together as the starting backcourt. Considering how he shot the ball this season and kind of how much more aggressive he's been this year, do you see that teams are kind of playing him differently defensively? They're trying to get into him more, things like that? Of course, you know, especially being in this league, you know, a long, a long time. Um, you scoring the ball, people going, you know, you know uh, game plan for you. You know, they watch games just like, you know, other teams. Um you know, watching and, uh, coaches prepare, you know, they, they sit, you know, night in, night out preparing for, you know, games, you know, every day. So they definitely, you know, uh, play them different and, you know, he's going to adjust to it. What kind of challenges did James bring tonight? Like, you know, he had 39, like how tough is it to cover him when you guys do want, like Ty talked about trying to blitz and fire at him and then kind of scramble back. Like how tough is that challenge? Oh, it's just tough, man. It's tough. He's a hell of a player. Um, you know, all-star, you know, perennial, perennial times. Um, I mean, he's just a heck of a score. He, he, a heck of a score, playmaker. You know, he played the game the right way, uh, get his teammates involved. And that's what kids, you when you get his teammates involved, man, you got to worry about him. So you know, I think we did, you know, a great job at moments um, fighting back. But, you know, you got to tip your ass off, you know, to you know, a, ten, a good team. Eric, you've been in the league a long time now. You've seen so much, but this year already, 541 players have played in the NBA game. Like, that's a record. Obviously, no one's seen anything like this. Yeah. What's it like from your perspective to, like, be watching games and seeing guys playing who you're like, like Joe Johnson or, you know, like Greg Monroe's back in the league? Like, yeah. Just guys who are in the G League only a few days before. What's it like to see so many guys who just didn't have a place all of a sudden playing valuable minutes in some cases. Oh, no question, man. I was just talking to one of my teammates on the bench. I was like, this got to be a record, you know, of players, uh, you know, uh, new players coming in, you know, the, each and every game, signing 10-day contracts and stuff like this. So, and what I think is great, I think, I think it's great. You know, I think it's great, uh, especially new players, you know, uh, that didn't, get a chance to get, you know, drafted or, you know, get the opportunity to play up here to actually, you know, get that opportunity now and show what they, you know, can do. And like you said, they're playing, you know, in crucial games. So I think it's great. And does that, I know Ty has said that when you, you have to control, you have to think about yourself, focus on yourself when there's so much uncertainty in the league. But like when you're trying to prep for these teams, uh, is it is it strange? It's definitely because I don't know half the players that be coming in. Honestly, <laughs> I had to ask the young uh, young guys like, "Bro, who is that?" <laughs> like, he's nice, he can play. So, uh, it, it it definitely is is a weird you know feeling you know like you said coming in because you I've been in the game a while and I kind of pretty much know everybody you know the players the team so it's weird. Eric, with like 70 points on the bench, kind of, you know, middle of an 82-game season, how do, how hard is it not to get discouraged or just fall into, like, bad habits um, when you guys are down so many guys and uh, you're in the kind of the dog days of the NBA? Man, it's tough, man. Because uh, you don't know, like you said, you don't know what you're getting each and every game. Because, uh, you know, one minute, you know, players come back, you know, you finally find a rhythm with that unit 
and they go out and you gotta, you know, try to, you know, figure it out, you know, out there. So it, it could be tough. Hey, Luke. Um, just, how are you doing? Like, missed, missed the game with the hip injury. Uh, I think this three free throw save is very abnormal for you. Just how are you doing out there? Um, I'm good. Uh, yes, don't miss too many free throws. So that was a kind of a surprise, but um, happens, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, geez, that just kind of tells you missing one game, it can kind of throw off a, a rhythm a little bit. So um, it's all good. I mean, move on to the next one. Um, just continue to trust in my routine. I probably like everything I do um, should be all right. You guys, seem, once PG came back, seemed to find a bit of a groove in that Sacramento game. And then obviously he he goes down with his injury. Um, just what has he kind of told you guys since then? And uh, how do you kind of just not get discouraged given that you have like 70 points on the sidelines right now? Yeah, I mean, PG tells, I mean, he, he just tells us to stay together, um, play hard, play together, make the right plays, um, trust in each other. Uh, so he's... He's had a voice um, through all that, you know, since he, since he's been out, um, and he's going to continue to do that for us. Um, but you know, it's it's, def it's always tough when you lose a, a guy like that. But um, you know, I think our young guys are doing a really good job of playing hard um, every time they get on the floor. Um, so it's kind of on us, some of the, the older guys, to kind of you know match match what they're doing, and it's good to see them doing that. Um, Playing hard, even if they make mistakes, they're doing it. They're doing it hard. So, um, just continue to 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 build off of that with those guys, and uh, just keep trusting in each other, and um, you know, just kind of find out who we are. Um, you know, without without PG uh, for a little bit. Luke, when it, when it comes to uh, just you and Terrence playing together, trying to get more of that offensive responsibility, how do you feel like you can? You can do that, uh, especially in the half court. Yeah, um, I think, you know, we need to be a little more aggressive. We need to um, attack a little more. Uh, you know, I think we got just got to get the ball moving a little bit more too. Um, kind of get it going side to side. Um, just putting a little pressure on the defense. I feel like we kind of settled for some shots. And, um, you know, I know, you know, T. Lou is going to kind of, Start figuring some things out. Just some actions we can, you know, start start doing. I'm, I'm sure we'll be putting in some new stuff, um, and it's just on us to kind of execute everything and uh, just play out of that. So, but just continue to to trust in what we're doing and um, just kind of building off of it and uh, just playing hard while we do it. I know you mentioned that you're you feel fine and you're over over the hip, but. Uh, when you start feeling like that, like, how does it, like, affect your playing? Like, what do you feel like you need to do to get yourself back in the rhythm? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it definitely, uh, is something that kind of lingers on. I mean, it's not a hundred percent right now, but like, it's, it's all, it's, I mean, it's all right. It's not, it's not going to hold me back, not going to keep me out. So, uh, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, get it right. But I mean, it's no excuses. I mean, it, I'm still able to, to cut hard, to, you know, get my, get my shots off, um, and do what I need to do. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you kind of have something that's just kind of there, uh, got you thinking about it a little bit, but, um, you know, something you just gotta kind of play with and, uh, you know, just fight through. Hey, Luke, uh, Bledsoe was just talking about how obviously right now points are pretty precious with the amount of guys you guys have out. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, because you don't have that that buffer to go to a PG or even a Reggie right now, like how close to perfect do you feel like you guys have to play offensively to give your guys uh, a shot to win these games? Yeah, um, you know, it's going to be really key for us, uh, you know, putting putting pressure on the defense any way we can. And we got to be a team that kind of attacks the pain, just finds those kickouts um, to open guys. And we just got to make the right play. So each possession is going to be key for us. Um, turnovers, you know, turnovers is going to be, you know, a big thing for us too. We got to take care of the ball, um, from here on out and, uh, just get a shot and get a great shot each time down the floor. When you guys do run into some, some stretches where the ball isn't falling, um, do you, do you feel like pressure building as a group knowing that you, you know, you don't have a PG there, just, okay, well, if we give him to him, some good will most likely happen. Like, do you guys, Feel that in the middle of a game, kind of like, okay, we have to break out of this. And do you feel like that can lead to forcing things? Um, I mean, not really. Uh, I think we have guys that are capable of, of making plays for us and making shots. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we, we believe in that. We believe in ourselves to do that. And we believe in each other that we're going to make those plays. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's tough, you know, when we've been in positions like like that tonight, where we needed a bucket, yeah, I mean, going to PG, you know, that's that's what that's what we do, that's what we should do. Um, but yeah, even with him out, I mean, we still got guys that can make plays and, and find an open man. But I think tonight we just needed to kind of put a little bit more pressure on the defense and uh, kind of attacking attacking a little bit more and being more aggressive on offensive end. All right, that was Clippers head coach Ty Lu. Eric Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, again, talking about that tough Clippers loss uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets coming into Los Angeles, into the Crypto.com arena, taken two from the Lakers and the Clippers. But again, as bad as both teams have been, Clippers are 500, Lakers are below 500. The Western Conference is so bad that both of these teams can make the playoffs. And by the way, both of these teams could be in the playoffs and not even play in that play-in tournament and finish at the five and six seeds. But we'll see how that all plays out. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces, shed tears as we bury brothers close to home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.